Hello, this is Michael Jackson, and you're listening to the Moonwalk Talks podcast, hosted by my favorite rapper, Jenkins. Enjoy. Watch. Welcome to another episode of Moonwalk Talks, a podcast dedicated to the facts, stories, and theories about the king of pop, the greatest entertainer of all time, Michael Jackson. When asked about Moonwalk Talks, Katy Perry said, and I quote, Huh? What is that? Thanks for that raving review, Katy. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hey! You do the social media, and I do the social media, so you should follow Moonwalk Talks on Twitter and Instagram. And please, go rate and review Moonwalk Talks on iTunes. No, seriously, stop what you are doing right now and go rate, which means to click the the five stars, and review, which means to write something nice about the podcast. Go do it right now. It will seriously help us get more listeners, more noticed. More follows, all that good stuff. Thank you, and thank you. My name is Jenkins, the 1,643rd most influential rapper of all time. I'm just right underneath Little T and One Track Mike. Yeah. Check out my music on Jenkins.net and follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at WhoJenkins, to get a glimpse into the baller lifestyle of a super famous rapper. I'm kidding. I do nothing. I do absolutely nothing! Yeah. Happy New Year. It's 2016. New Year, new episodes. See, I'm, I'm putting out all kinds of episodes this year. At least one or two a month, so expect lots more of Moonwalk Talks. We're going to do some more top ten lists. We're going to do some more discussion stuff. But most of all, I love doing the structured episodes that get to the bottom of some of those MJ mysteries. So yeah, man, feels good to be back, you know? Hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it. So 2016 brings a new year, and with a new year comes new things. So I want to start doing a new segment called... MJ Mini Mysteries. There are so many different stories that I love to talk about, but most of the time the subject just wouldn't be long enough to fill an entire episode. So, MJ Mini Mysteries is born. 
So yeah, welcome to... MJ Mini Mysteries! This episode is titled, Hee Hee, Huh? Michael Jackson was known for many different things, from his iconic dance moves to his spectacular theatrics, and even down to something as small as his ad-libs, or vocal catchphrases, I guess you could call them. From his woos to his owls, his shimons, and of course his hee-hees, and all of them have their own little story. Like, if you watch the Bad 25 documentary, it talks a little bit about how he got the shimon from Mavis Staples. His woos and owls could have easily been taken from any of his favorite soul singers like James Brown, but where did his distinctive hee-hee originate from? Comedians in the late 80s and early 90s loved to make fun of Michael Jackson. They would grab their crotch and sketches and belt out a high-pitched hee-hee as if the fact of squeezing the testicles were the reason for Michael's soft-spoken voice. But it goes to show the magnitude of Michael Jackson's fame that a whole comedy routine could be built around a simple vocal ad-lib and the audience would get the joke. It could be debated on what his most iconic hee-hee is. It is the powerful hee-hee that starts the way you make me feel, or could it be the Billie Jean hee-hee right before he does the moonwalk on Motown 25? Well, let's try to figure out the origins. As always, let's start with Michael. When asked about the hee-hee by Oprah in her 1993 interview... Where did that hee-hee thing come from? It just comes out of... Out of singing, wait. So he just says basically that it comes through music. But we know that's not true. So I went to the interwebs and did some research. And guess what? There is absolutely no information on the subject. None. So yeah, I'm the only crazy person in the world doing research on where Michael got his hee-hee from. So I went back and I listened to all of his early solo albums. And then I listened to the Jacksons albums searching for all the hee-hees. And I found that the first time Michael does his hee-hee is Blame It on the Boogie from the Destiny album. It's actually the first thing he even sings on the album. Okay, so he pinpointed the first hee-hee. Destiny came out in 1978, so it had to have been from a song before then. So I went and listened to tons and tons of albums from some of Michael Jackson's biggest influences, and the albums, all the albums that came out in the early 1970s. And after hours and hours of listening, I'm pretty sure I have pinpointed where Michael Jackson got the hee-hee from. Are you ready? A Stevie Wonder song called Maybe Your Baby from his 1972 album Talking Book. Here, listen to this. See? And even more, 
talking book was recorded in some of the same studios that the Jacksons had worked in. So there it is. I'm officially saying that Michael Jackson got his hee-hee from Stevie Wonder. Now, if you think the rabbit hole goes deeper, then you go ahead and continue my research. But for now, this is what I'm saying it is. Stevie Wonder was the originator of the hee-hee. So yeah, thank you for listening to the first... MJ Mini Mysteries. Now, let's talk some moonwalk. On this episode, we're going to list the top 10 songs featuring Michael Jackson. Featuring another popular artist on a track has been a common practice ever since music has been music. Dean Martin featuring Frank Sinatra, John featuring Yoko, Puff Daddy featuring Mace. But as many songs as Michael did during his lifetime, there weren't very many popular songs that featured him as the co-star. Because really, it's hard to think of Michael Jackson as anything but the lead. His distinctive voice cuts through all sounds and is instantly recognizable. I mean, even as a child, Michael Jackson was the front man. Although he was one of the youngest in the group, instead of being put in the background playing bongos or something, he had a voice and a stage presence that demanded all of the attention. But still, there are a few musical gems out there that put Michael Jackson in the co-pilot seat. So I scoured the interwebs looking for the best of the best. So, here are the rules for the list. Only one song per artist. And it can't be a song featured on an official Michael Jackson album. It also has to appear on another artist's album. And the song actually has to have audible vocals from Michael Jackson, as well as proof it was him on the song. And please remember that these are just my opinions. I'm sure your list would be different. So please tweet at me what songs you think should have been on the list, because I do love hearing from you all. So here we go. Say, 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 Paul McCartney featuring Michael Jackson. Let's just get this one out of the way. You know the song had to be on the list. It's probably the most famous song featuring Michael Jackson. From the Pipes of Peace album and released on October 3rd in 1983, it was the second collaboration between Paul and Michael after Thriller's The Girl Is Mine. The song reached number one in over 15 countries and the music video is credited on introducing dialogue and storylines into the modern music video. I personally always felt parts of the music video were strange, as it featured Latoya Jackson in the video, and it seems like they were trying to make her Michael's love interest. Uh, but I don't know. They probably should have went with a different actress. Anyway, a fun story about this. Uh, during the recording sessions for Say Say Say, Michael was staying with Paul and his wife Linda. This is where Paul would teach Michael about the purchasing of the publishing catalogs. 
Unfortunately, due to that information, there wouldn't be any more collaborations between the two. But that's a story for another episode, which I will get to. Also, in 2015, Paul released Pipes of Peace with an alternate version of Say 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 with new vocals for Michael. You should check that out. I'm in love again, Minnie Ripperton. Now this is a beautiful jazzy duet between Michael and Minnie. He was approached by Minnie's husband in 1980 to perform this duet with Minnie Ripperton. But here's the catch. Minnie Ripperton had already passed away at the young age of 31 due to complications from cancer. So this is actually a posthumous collaboration. But it's such a classy jazz track. I wish the estate would take note. When Minnie Ripperton gets a posthumous album, they call on idols such as Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, and Quincy Jones. But when Michael passes away, we get Pitbull and 50 Cent. Rethink your choices, MJ Estate. But anyway, this is a beautiful song, and it's always great to hear Michael singing jazz. You've given me Yeah, by Eddie Murphy. Now, I had to include this one just for the absurdity of it. The first track from Murphy's 1993 album Love's Alright, it's literally just a bunch of famous people singing and ad-libbing the word yeah. The song is awful, and the idea is stupid. (laughs) This is the kind of mistake that happens when you just get so famous that you have nobody around you saying, Hey, no, this is a bad idea, Eddie. Because, I mean, Eddie Murphy was one of the most famous actors at the time. So when Eddie calls you up and he says, Hey, I'm working on this track called Yeah, where all you do is just sing Yeah over and over. You do it because it's Eddie Murphy. (laughs) So let's read off the list of famous people on this track. Babyface, Sandy Barber, John Bon Jovi, Garth Brooks, in, uh, in Vogue, Johnny Gill, Amy Grant, Aaron Hall, MC Hammer, Heavy D, Howard Hewitt, Julio and Great Glacius, Janet Jackson, Elton John, Patti LaBelle, Emmanuel Lewis, Paul McCartney, Teddy Pendergrass, Richie Sambora, uh, Luther Vandross, Audrey Wheeler, Barry White, Steve Wonder, and of course, Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> this album... The, the, the Love's Alright album. It also featured the track What's Up With You 
with Michael Jackson, which I'm sure a lot of you probably wanted to see on this list. But nope, that song is terrible, and you should be completely ashamed of yourself. Alive by Diana Ross. The title track from her 1985 album, the song was written by Barry and Maurice Gibbs. Michael came along later and changed up the hook because he said the hook was a little weak, and he helped on some of the production. The song didn't do well on the charts, but I thought it was a pretty solid song, and you can clearly hear Michael's vibrant vocals on the hook. Just a side note, I had been researching these songs for days, I've been listening to them over and over and over again, writing notes and finding stories about all the songs. And this one made the list simply because the tune just stayed with me. There aren't any great stories about the track, but the hook just kept getting stuck in my head. I would be walking around singing it randomly for days, so I'm glad Michael changed the hook because it seriously stays with you. And that's the main reason why it made the list. It's Not Worth It by Brandy. So, there aren't really a lot of MJ features out there, and there are even less after the mid-90s. Rappers were starting to completely dominate the radio airwaves, and Michael continued to have embarrassing legal drama. So even though Michael was still alive, you would see more artists sampling Michael's old music than actually asking him to get into the studio with them. And there were also some rumors of artists actually turning down Michael Jackson when he wanted to work with them. The early 2000s weren't kind of Michael Jackson, but he had still released an album called Invincible in 2001, and this is where he had worked with Rodney Jerkins on multiple tracks including Heartbreaker, You Rock My World, and one of my personal favorites, Privacy. Rodney Jerkins had also had a long career working with R&B singer Brandy and had on the spot asked Brandy to come sing some additional background vocals on Unbreakable. So during these Invincible sessions, Michael would riff and ad-lib, and according to Jerkins, he would ask Michael if he could keep random vocal samples to use in other songs. And this is where the collaboration on Brandy's 2002 track, It's Not Worth It, was born. Jerkins told MTV, It's not a sample off a record. It's from being in the studio with him and playing around and then taking a piece like, Yo, I could take that and make a whole song. I built the whole song around that one little piece of vocal that he did. 
While it can be debated if this is an actual MJ feature or not, I had to include it because as a producer, it's something of a dream to be able to somewhat sample the artist himself. Such a neat concept. When sampling music, you find little pieces that you hope you can incorporate into a whole new track, but Jerkins had Michael Jackson there in the studio to just use as he wished. No sampling required. It's just such a cool thing to be able to do. And the vocal piece he used is an amazing example of Michael's fantastic range and falsetto. I just, I seriously love it. Tell Me I'm Not Dreaming by Jermaine Jackson. Now, I can't say that I'm much of a Jermaine Jackson fan. I really do like his book, You Are Not Alone, and I recommend everybody to go read it, but I've never really been into his music. To be honest, I haven't heard it all, as I don't really go out searching for it. He has written a bunch of great songs for other artists, but to me, he just doesn't have a great voice. But I do own this album, and I do like this song, Granted, the inclusion of Michael was the main reason why I bought the vinyl in the first place. Do I think the song would have been better if it was just Michael? Yes. But it's still cool to hear the Jackson Brothers together again on a track. Fun story. Jermaine wanted this song to be the first single from the album. Because see, this album was released in 1984, right in the middle of Thriller Mania. And true to form, the brother wanted to use his super famous brother's name to help push some of those albums out the door. But due to disputes between his label and the Michael Jackson camp, the song was never released as a single. It did get heavy rotation on the radio airwaves, but the camp shutting it down stopped it from being a bigger single than it probably could have been. Kind of shady on Michael's part, but I don't blame him. Either way, solid track from the Jackson Brothers. You talk, talk into my heart. I Need You by 3T. For those that don't know, 3T is a boy band from the 90s comprised of Tito Jackson's children, Taj, Terrell, and Tito Jr. So, they are Michael Jackson's nephews. And, okay, let's be honest, this is probably the only top 10 list this song will ever make. I'm really going to try not to spend the entire time on this song, but it's really, um... How do I put this nicely? Not good. Yeah. 1995's I Need You is 3T's cover of a failed Frankie Valli song of the same name. And seriously, if Frankie Valli can't make it a hit, what makes 3T think they could? 
The only reason why this made the list is because at the end of this forced and helpless song, Michael swoops in like a damn superhero and saves the damn day. Seriously. After listening through this entire song, it is a blessing to finally hear some decent vocals. And I'm sure that the 3T guys are awesome, but this song does not showcase any of their vocal talents at all. But man, Michael comes in and bam, all of a sudden, it's a good song. It starts to sound like something near the end of the Dangerous album. But then, unfortunately, 3T finishes it out poorly. It did well in the European markets, but was never commercially released in the United States. I'm sure most of you would have chosen Why as the 3T song that would be on the list, and I don't blame you, but I thought this one would be more fun to talk about. So Shy by Bill Wolfer. From his 1982 debut album, Wolf, a relatively unknown songwriter, Bill Wolfer comes out strong with his Stevie Wonder-influenced track, So Shy. It's super funky, typically 80s, and what's even better is it features background vocals by none other than the gloved one himself, Michael Jackson. You have to listen real close to hear him because he is grouped in with a bunch of other people during the background La La La's. Now, now wait a second. How does Michael, greatest of all time, I just put out Thriller Jackson, get grouped together with some no-names on some background group vocals? To be honest, I had never even heard of this guy or this song before I started doing research for this list. So Shy never hit a top 10 list. Bill Wolf never hit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And most of you have probably never even heard his name before. So how did this random guy get freaking Michael Jackson on not one, but two of his debut album tracks? Well, listen to this. You hear those synth chords? That's Bill Wolfer. He played the synth chords on Billie Jean and many other tracks for Michael Jackson. He also played keys for the Jacksons on the Victory Tour. He also did studio work with Stevie Wonder. So while you may have never heard this guy's name before, everyone in the world has heard his work. Crazy, right?
Time Lover by LaToya Jackson. Now, I know what you're thinking. LaToya Jackson, number two? We're at number two and still no Janet or Rebby? But you choose LaToya? I, I, I don't know what it is, but I really dig this track. And I know she isn't a great singer, but I really like LaToya's voice. It's, I don't know, cute. And this song is one of her best. And not only that, it was written and produced by her brother Michael, as well as featuring vocals from him on the hook. This song was written around the time he was working on Off the Wall. They had originally written it for Donna Summer, but she turned it down. I like that the song is a lot more dramatic and moody than most of his stuff during the Off the Wall era. The song reached number 59 on the R&B chart, but dropped off after that. And what's funny is that LaToya actually blames Michael for its poor performance. In her autobiography, she says that Michael Jackson changed the production of the song at the last minute so that it wouldn't overshadow his work on Off the Wall. That's crazy, okay? Now, in my opinion, the song isn't as good as the tracks on Off the Wall because while it may have been written and produced by Michael, it was missing a main component. She did not have Quincy Jones behind the boards. And while I like the song, it is a pretty basic disco track. If Quincy Jones would have got a hold of it, it probably would have done much better. So no, I highly doubt Michael sabotaged the track. It just needed better production. Michael was still too green to be the sole producer on a track. Rockwell, somebody's watching me. Come on. You have to agree that this is the number one song featuring Michael Jackson. It features Michael so well that most people just think this is a Michael Jackson song. I bet you if you play this song, most people would be able to sing the hook, but could not tell you who the song is actually by. If you don't know, Rockwell is Barry Gordy's son. Yes, Barry Gordy, the founder of Motown. Yep, Barry Gordy, the owner of the Jackson 5. So that means that Rockwell is also related to Diana Ross's children and LMFAO. Now, I've always felt that Somebody's Watching Me was a strange song. 
The music and production is fantastic, and of course the hook is super catchy. But the rest of the song, mainly Rockwell's spooky delivery of the lyrics, are just kind of dumb. So, really, the only thing the song didn't need was Rockwell. But the story goes that Rockwell had been estranged from his father, as Barry didn't really have much faith in his music career. But Rockwell went ahead and made a demo of this track, and he figured if he could get his childhood friend Michael Jackson on it, then maybe it could be a hit. Well, he was right, and his father went ahead and put the track out on the Motown label. The track peaked at number two on the R&B charts in the US and the UK. And guess what? Rockwell never had another hit again. So yes, that's the list of the top 10 songs featuring Michael Jackson. If you would like to check out these songs and more tracks that feature Michael Jackson, I created a Spotify playlist with most of these tracks on it. Just follow the link on moonwalktalks.com or add me on Spotify. And if you think you have a better list, tweet at me. Send me your thoughts and suggestions. I really love hearing from everyone. So thank you for listening to Moonwalk Talks. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Moonwalk Talks, and please rate and review us on iTunes. Once again, my name is Jenkins, and if you would like to check out some of my music, just go to Jenkins.net, and please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at WhoJenkins, and go subscribe to my YouTube page for some music videos and random videos of me talking about Ninja Turtles. Now, this episode, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, some of the Moonwalk Talks listeners at MJ is my golden boy and at touch of sparkle on Twitter. Thank you guys for all the love and thank you for all the support. So yeah, that wraps up another episode guys. Um, happy 2016 and I will see you next time on Moonwalk Talks. Don't forget to smile. Smile.